This episode, episode 19 of Sports Debate Tuesday, is brought to you by Endless Summer Beach Volleyball. You're stuck here for the summer, come train with us. We have the best coaches in the world, certainly the country. Pompilio, we got Jeff Samuels, Rob McLean, and yours truly, Jason DeBillis, a family that plays together, stays together. It's also brought to you by Beach Volleyball National Events, the biggest get notice showcase in the country. We have an average of 20 to 35 recruiters come out and watch our talent um, get recruited. Uh, come play with us. <laughs> it's also brought to you by NY Varsity Sports, watching me, watching you. This episode of the podcast, episode 19, starts right now. All right, Bobby McGee, we're back. Jason DeBillis, and I am back with Rob McLean. And usually I have a happy song today, but I don't have a happy song today. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. I went a little low like DMX. <laughs> um, so, Rob, a lot happened this week. The UFC happened this week. The documentary, Lance Armstrong, we're going to get into all of that in, 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 in some depth, but... Um, to call our next our our next topic the elephant in the room would be an understatement. I, I just don't think it says enough. Um, and I want to make sure you can, I can hear you. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, my man. All right, cool. <clears throat> so, here's the thing. <clears throat> Let's talk about the elephant in the room, George Floyd. Amid Floyd's tragic death as a result of the actions of a police officer in Minnesota. Uh, many professional athletes, particularly athletes all around the world, you, you were mentioning soccer and, and a lot of these other world sports, uh, mixed martial arts, um, the, these guys aren't sitting quietly, but the important thing was the, peop, the, the big two, uh, the NBA, NBA basketball and NFL football, who's, um, bought, uh, who always watch what they say because they're bottom line and, and there's so much money at stake. They're always careful what they say, but coaches... Um, general managers, players, and, and I, th I think an owner or two have, have broken their silence because enough is enough. Um, particularly Steve Jackson, who actually grew up with uh, uh, George Floyd. Um, Rob, I'd like you to, um, if you'd like me to go first, the question is this, and it's a rhetorical question, but it takes us where we got to go. Is this politics and sports crossing paths again, or does this go beyond politics? Um, yeah, so the, the thing is, is I, I think this is a human issue. Um, and it's hard because people talk of things below being a human, which is their class or their race or, you know, what they're worth as a, as an individual, but that's all below being a human being. So when, when you get away from being, uh, you know, when you, when you try to dehumanize other people or there's hate in your heart or, you know, anything away from, you know, being, you know, a human being, which is all love, then, you know, bad things happen. And there's always bad apples and you have to, you know, flush that stuff out with <clears throat> communication and, and not silence. And I think that's just what's going on. And it's great to hear people at the top talking about the situations at hand in, in everyday life. So, How, Listen, we've experienced a lot of things like this, and I have a question for you because um, I'm going to Q&A a little bit, and then, then I'll take it. Um, and for sure, chime in on mine too because I know you're going to have questions because um, we both have a whole lot to say about this, and we don't want to um, oversaturate where, where 
the words don't have meaning themselves. My question is this. What's different about, in your opinion, what's different about this uh, compared to all the other th- uh, uh, situations? For example, Eric Garner, um, Staten Island, we're both New Yorkers, said I was more closer to home. Um, uh, Tamir Rice, uh, um, Tra- Tavon Martin, Trayvon Martin. Uh, all of these things make national headlights, headlines, but this uh, seems much bigger. And why, why is it bigger? Um, well, first of all, I, I, I don't feel like it's bigger at all. I feel like it's the exact same. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I really believe that where the violence and the arson and the looting is happening is people through this pandemic who have been sitting at home for three months, have nothing better to do, and they go out and they have the communication now because, again, they've had to stay away from people. And they've had to talk to people and be around. It's just organization. Um, and unfortunately, it's being used in the wrong way. Um, and everybody's trying to get out earlier than, than has to be. And it's mixing with this whole idea of protesting, you know. Um, and <clears throat> I think it's bigger because there's the opportunity. Again, everybody has a, a something to say. Therefore one side of the issue and maybe they didn't speak up before i think that's why it's bigger it's bigger around the world because still same issue everybody's been home uh, and i think you have an opportunity to educate yourself on many issues other than just racial issues and then something happens like george floyd and a spark is uh, you know ignited again and i think it's just a natural order of things where what happened from last time and what's going to happen now? And they just said that, you know, three, the three of the officers aren't going to be charged with video because they have video that's uh, going against maybe some of the earlier reports. And the one officer who is charged is in third degree murder, which is at most 25 years, you know, when they put people away again for much, much less charges for much more time. So, I don't agree with the arson or the looting, but it gets to a point where like protests become too big and they become what people become riots because it's against the police is, you know, it's against the establishment. It's against every other thing, but what the real issue is. And uh, that's the, that's the problem is, you know, I don't mind a curfew, but, I also don't mind, you know, people in high places talking about what actually is going to happen and change. Like, why isn't there widespread litigation or good police officers coming out and talking about bad officers in their department and what they're going to do to, you know, clean up house? Because I don't see none of that happen. All I see is the same old, you know, they're looting, they're going to start shooting, uh, you know, they're... You know, everybody's the same, protesters are looters, you know, and then it's just, it's kind of sad because there's just, the point is not really being had, you know, the, the whole issue is about police brutality, and I understand where police have to be brutal in this, in these moments, but like, I just wish that the leaders who talk so much about their own policies can come back and step forward and, and, and start talking about where the change is going to come from, not where they're going to just talk about what's happening, you know? So 
it's sad where regular people are at, 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 at odds with regular people when people in high places are the ones taking care of things. So we need to get to the ballot box and, and, and elect the people that are really going to put in our word. You know, that's, that's what needs to be talked about. You know, that's what needs to end all this. Rob. Bertolt Brecht, one of my favorite playwrights, um, talked about that change, real change, can only happen collectively. There's no one person or two pers two people that that can be responsible for change. They can incite it. They can they can they can do some kind of leadership and have inciting incidents that lead to, to this change. Um, and I and I believe collectively, I think that's what's going to happen. And now, it's I think there's a huge change. This. I asked you about the difference between then and now. You said there wasn't much, and I agree. It's not. It's not getting worse. It's getting filmed. <laughs> All right. Uh, to quote Will Smith, <laughs> racism isn't, isn't getting worse. It's getting filmed. Um, here's where I think they kind of got it right. And it's a short list. <laughs> okay. One. People who are not affected are now are not getting involved. Dwayne Wade, actually, one of his quotes says, um, the, uh, unless the people who are not affected get involved, there won't be change. And he was not talking about white privilege. He was talking about everybody that was not affected. He was talking about African-American athletes like himself who are so wealthy that they're, they're, that's not, that's, that goes beyond black and white. Um, you know, if you're just rich, if you're Blake, you're still going to get thrown down in the street on Madison Avenue and misidentified. Um, the second thing they got right, Every time that there's some kind of a police brutality case that leads to a maiming or the death of someone, all the way from Amadou Diallo, who lived through his plight, all the way from Eric Garner, who died because of his plight, everybody, or there's always one side, and I hate saying that, but there's always one side that always examines the suspect. Oh, well, he had a long record, or he had a history of drugs, or he had this and that. And they spend all this time saying, examining that, uh... And, and, and in essence, unwittingly or not, find themselves defending the police because they, 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 I guess they're trying to say the cop knows a crook when he sees one. Now, with that being said, they got this right because at no time did we talk about George, uh, George Floyd's history. They talked about the cop's history, which has to be highlighted on this show. 18 complaints of police misconduct. 18 complaints. And, this, and you see where I'm getting with this, right? Because everyone talks about the problem and Eric Anderson, who actually messaged, you know, it's, it's good we're talking about this, but let's, he, he said, let's see if we could get into solutions. Solutions come with better training of your police officers. Look, first of all, look at everybody as human beings. Second, get rid of this militaristic nonsense in your head. Third, just because you're, you're afraid of what you don't understand doesn't mean you can't treat somebody like a human being. Rob McLean, you had a white guy waving a machete in front of somebody. They took him alive. Okay, got guys armed to the teeth because they, they, they're protesting because, because, of the, uh, uh, because of social distances or because of a shutdown. Armed to the teeth at City Hall. They, ain't gonna, they didn't get arrested. They didn't get detained. Could you imagine if that was a bunch of black people? There was a There'd kid be gun recently control. from UConn. There'd be gun control. One yeah. kid, there's a kid who shot 18 people in South Carolina. And not only did he make it out alive, they took him to Burger King on the way to jail. This dude. A few weeks ago, running, just jogging, get shot, unarmed. This dude, may, maybe he resisted, maybe he didn't. I didn't see the, the previous minutes uh, prior to that. But once the situation is, 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 is um, de-escalated, you don't kill him. You don't kill him. 
So that's one of the points I wanted to make. Um, the other point I wanted to make on the, from a sports perspective, because this is Sports Debate Tuesday, Colin Kaepernick is looking really good right now. I mean, we said a few years ago, history be kinder to, to, to this one single act, this peaceful kneel uh, in protest of police brutality and, and whatever. He's looking really good right now. He's looking really good right now because just like 50 years ago when Martin Luther King was... was um, getting beat up for civil discourse and Malcolm X came along, you know what everybody was saying? This dude's a nut. Why can't he be more like Dr. King? <laughs> and now you got people looting and now you got people uh, um, breaking stuff and stealing. You know what they're saying right now? Why can't they be more like Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> this, and I'm laughing, but it's not freaking funny. Nope. It's it's laughable Crazy. because it's 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 bad satire, Rob McLean. It's just LeBron bad James tweets. I mean, Why doesn't around. America love us too? I'm gonna I'm gonna put that up. This is a pre-production. Um, Mike Gundy disc says disgraceful. Niners donating a minute to social social change. NBA commissioner uh, um, Silver. This this one this cannot be ignored. It is not being ignored. So my question. Uh, it would have. Yeah. It would have, it would have if what? If, if but look, all right, so like this, and but this is the whole point about it is about the whole justice system is why it's the big, the big thing that everybody was hanging on there saying in the news uh -huh. is that what's going to happen with the indictments, you know? Because what happens is even if they get charged, it's usually just a, a public ploy to make everything okay with the public and then, then the they're just going to get off. Then and the news it's like, goes away. And what, and what, like, I understand that an officer signs up to do their job, but in what, how many times does somebody under their custody have to die before they, before they're in custody, you know, before they're in jail? Like, cause clearly it's not one cause we've seen a couple people maybe lose their jobs, but not be in jail for killing a person. So is, is there latitude in killing somebody that is, you know, clearly not a threat to you because that's really what it comes down to you know when somebody dies in custody that's not a threat because you can use lethal force but if you feel threatened if they're reaching for your gun if you know you can i've seen people been thrown into a car before I, I can definitely see four people or three because one guy was just standing there all the time doing nothing throw them into throw a guy into a car and just you know be over it you know what i'm saying like that's that's pretty crazy man and then well, as soon as other people are involved, you know, you kind of get this like, yo, okay, hold on. You know, maybe maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I can check myself. The fact that the hands were in the pocket, so it's not even that you could, you know, release some pressure. You know, it's all these factors. And then and then this guy might not even get a third-degree murder charge, which means it was an accident. Which, it, like, if there's any priors, it's not an accident. If there's anything that, that's... It would be you very could have done hard to, save to go his life, right? You it, know, it's it's yeah. not an accident. Well, that's what um, I was watching the talk shows this morning. Stephen A. Smith is asking why why it's not murder too. Uh, Keith Ellison, who's who's now in charge of it right now, and he's he's a big time um, a big time politician, big time community servant or and public servant, um, said that um, he's looking into that because he just got he just took over the case. He you know he wasn't he wasn't on it. He should have been. And yeah, what the. It just it just makes your blood boil, dude. You know, yeah. so it's so Rob. It's one of those things where I'm glad because sports is our wheelhouse. This is what we're talking about, particularly as you as a player, beach volleyball. I'm a coach. I'm a commentator. It's good that 
these people are speaking out because their voice does have weight. And I know um, symbolism is not activism. I get that. And I say that all the time. But it's a start. In order to have collective change, you have to have an inciting incident. This is the inciting incident. Now there are people stepping forward. All right. And now and it's um, this woke culture is actually for the first time uh, awoke. (laughs) Right. You know what the hell they did when CNN tried to cover this? The protesters chased them away. Fox, yeah, I Fox saw that. News. They were asking Fox like, News. where they're from. Fox News. He was like, oh, good, good, go, go on, get on out of here. Guess what? They were like, <laughs> you get the F out too. I'm, I'm saying Fox News, their, their, their news crew fled for their lives. CNN fled for their safety. All of these news crews fled. And this is where I think, even though it's, a lot of it's the same, uh, the, res, uh, the result of uh, 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 this person's death is the same as many. There's something bigger going on. There's something escalating. Uh, what are the solutions? I'm, I'd like to go first on this. One, um, and I'm going to save yours because uh, you, you, you were talking about something on a much higher scale that you need to repeat uh, that you said earlier on. I want better training. I want better training. I want these people to remind themselves they're not centuries. This isn't freaking RoboCop. Okay, uh, to protect and serve, blah, blah, blah. Robocop's more compassionate than some of these people. Stop looking at everybody. This includes the suspects. Stop looking at them like they're pieces of crap. They could be mentally ill, all right? They could be um, just minding their own business and jogging, okay? And once you, once you have the proper training to subdue somebody, don't kill them. Flo is yours. Well, to be fair, I mean, the, the Ahmad Aubrey case is where, you know, the son and, and uh, the son and father just took justice into their own hands. They were ex, he was an ex police officer, but he took justice Plain into his space own ranger. Hands. Yeah. And I understand uh, it goes back to the, the, the ideology, I think, you know, the just of like who can take justice into their own hands, you know, anarchist you know, in, in a way. Um, and that's just, that's not acceptable. But the fact that on the other hand, you know, completely, maybe completely unrelated, maybe not. But there is an issue if, I've, I've really never heard some somebody chase down somebody else just to make sure they're not robbing their neighborhood and it be a white guy just being gunned down. Like, I haven't seen that. We can talk about police brutality cases, but I've just never seen, I, I really don't hear about white, uh, a black officer on white. I've never really heard about white officer on white. I've heard about a lot of white officer on black. I've heard of some black officer on black. So it's like, I've heard of many things. I've heard of many on Hispanic, but the fact is, is that it happens on African-Americans a lot. And then you have things like Ahmad, uh, uh, Ahmad Aubrey, where it's like, it's just it happens in too many areas in too many ways. Like it's got to be addressed. And then about the, you know, about how people get sentenced on how their skin color is, and that's where the disparity starts to come in. It's not just one issue and another issue, and then we can talk down each issue with semantics and ways that it could be or couldn't be. No, it's a way because it's happening that way. You know, statistics are what they are. You can skew them in ways, but. You know, it's, it's they just, are skewed, Rob. You know, 
They are skewed, Rob. Let me tell you something. I've had an argument with someone um, who's who's not racist, but he was talking, um, showing me an FBI stat, like a profile, and like uh, the ethnicities or whatever who were who were um, committing the crimes. And his argument was they're 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 getting arrested because they're the ones committing the crimes more than white people. And normally, when someone says that. They sound like a racist, but if you know someone, you, you just you just consider them ignorant. And for the people that talk about stats are stats and facts are facts, I'd like for you, I'd like to introduce a two-word term to you: lurking variable. Lurking variable. Michael Wood, who was a former police sergeant for the Baltimore Police Department, uh, quit his job because his captain was telling him, "We need X amount of arrest. Go out and arrest somebody." And he's like. But no one's committing a crime. I don't care. Just, just get three guys. Where's my, and where's Michael Wood gonna go? Is he gonna go to the Upper West Side in New York? Is he gonna go downtown and arrest the, the the nearest white kid? No. A black kid gets arrested, has to plead out for something he didn't do, and when he pleads out, it's on his record. So now the next time he gets stopped, just on suspicion, oh, he had a record. So anyone that talks about this bull crap about that black people are committing more of the crimes, two words for you, lurking variable. They're getting arrested for uh, um, disproportionately. I just gave you an example of someone that told you that told his a captain that told his sergeant, Michael Wood. And I'd love to have this guy on the show to go out and arrest people. And I don't care who and where are they going? Where are they going, Rob? They're going to Flatbush Avenue. They're going to Harlem. They're going to South Central. They're going to uh, uh, Ferguson. They ain't going to the Upper West Side, dude. They're going to South Side, right. Chicago. Find the nearest body you can and bust them. Jack them up. Right. And the so, semantics so I do to not, that. Sorry, I'm going to finish, but I don't, hold on yeah. a second. So I don't want to hear about stats. Don't throw stats at me like they confetti. And you, don't, and you are, are, are going wilf, to be willfully ignorant to the, to the lurking variables of those stats. Sorry. That's the truth. No, you're good. I mean, and, and you know. Just, you said yeah, vote him out. Difficult. You said in the beginning of this, you said vote him out. I, I mean, yeah. I was two I mean, seconds away from it, just skipping. From take. just skipping. Mm-hmm. That's what it is going to take. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I really wish that, you know, people could organize to a point where they can protest within the means of legality and keep that protest going. Yep. You know, there's no reason that we can't protest for months on end and create a, an economic uh, understanding on how you know devastating this really is to the community as opposed to a physical presence in your face which has to, which is unacceptable you know it's unacceptable you can you cannot do that because that's not the way that things are done in a civilized world you know you can't physically just make things happen because everybody could do that and that's where war happens that's where fights happen that's where battle happens it's, you have to do it in a different way. And we've created that system. That is the legal system we live in. And, and we just need organization as a culture. And, and it's think, unfortunate, but that's that's what I want to call it. Because, please, you know, I, I don't want to, it doesn't have to be, you know, a black thing or a white thing. But, you know, everybody kind of floats to their own area. And that's totally fine. And, you know, be, be who, you, who you may. But, you know, use that power and that strength in, a, in an organized manner. And, and show strength in organization instead of just strength, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well said, Rob. Well said. And I think, um, I think the these 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 people who are protesting, albeit um, some uncivil and some civil, 
on uh, civil discourse, they they got it. I think they get it. And, and, and it's cool that this job, I feel, you know, I didn't feel good about the generation behind me, but I'm, I'm feeling a little better about them now. Not, not um, in light of the violent things and the arsenic things that happened over the weekend, but just they understand. And, you know, November's coming up. And if you don't like your politician, I don't, and this is not a, a left and right thing. If, if someone's not doing their job, vote them out. You know, we need new precinct captains. We need right. new. We need um, not to bring in people. We need to promote from within, and and we need more officers to 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 know the limits of their sh- uh, protecting their shield. To know, listen. This is Camden, New Jersey, uh, uh, and you, I want you to tell your story story next because you know the place. But Camden, New Jersey, uh, the cops were protesting with the protesters. They were in unison. They're out there collectively. You told me something earlier about something that happened, right? They went to a police yeah, station. Yeah, uh, there was uh, people protesting in the uh, UK and in Berlin at the U.S. embassies, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's just something that's reaching worldwide where I think maybe even people outside our country, because they maybe don't have to deal with systemically uh, as, as pointed as it is to maybe a certain group or two, uh, but they still deal with, you know, prejudice, you know? And that's really what it is, you know? It's oppression. And just because it doesn't, it's not made to be oppressive doesn't mean it's not systemically oppressive, you know, yeah. and it, we don't, we don't need advantage, you know, we just don't want to be oppressed. That's all it is about. You know, the fact that we just want to be look like any other person walking down the street with every, every, the same peaceful, uh, you know, right to life, liberty and pursuit of happiness. You know, that's, that's really what it's about. You know, and it doesn't have to be anybody else needing their lives, meaning more more than anybody else. You know, all lives do matter, but right now, some are meaning less than others, so we're just trying to catch up, that's all. Yeah, nothing wrong with that, just give everybody a shot, you know. Yeah, I like what you said, and and all over the world, dude, and all over the world. All over the world. So how you doing? Doing good, man. Trying to stay up in this, uh, you know, in this climate, you know. Yeah. Just trying to stay positive and staying, constru- you know, constructive, you know. Yeah, it seems like everything's taking a backseat to this too, right? Rightfully so, you know. Rightfully so. I got some people coming on later this week. I was supposed to have someone um, talk about COVID and and the state of New York and this and that. And she she was on the first team for um, when Ebola hit. Um, she's part of the Phase One team when Ebola hit. So, um, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about that on, on my my episode of, of the option, you know. Um, but um, yeah, it's gonna be cool. So Rob, yeah, we're both mixed. You're you are a black man. You're also um, Irish, right? White. Yes, sir. I am a black man, and I'm also white. And one of the things I wanted to say, and I, and I'd like to take an attempt to speak for both of us, just because um, someone doesn't understand the black plight doesn't mean they 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 can't can't get involved. Yeah, it's true. I mean. What's, what's hard about being on both sides of the issue is, you know, it's never really been true acceptance or, you know, true denial. So you kind of see it from both angles. And, you know, that kind of gives you the, to be the mediator, you know, I feel like, um, where you see, you understand both issues, you know, whether it's, you know, both your parents or you, you have like a lighter complexion from your grandparents or, you know, your parents had lighter complexion or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But you still... When you're in a, 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 a an environment of more African American people, you you have that like oh you're on the lighter side. When you're in a lighter 
environment, you know, you're on the darker side and, <laughs> you know, you just get both sides of the treatment and it, and it is different, you know, yeah. that's, and that's why I feel like you start to first see where there's like, there could be a rift, you know, and then you see, you know, you just look at it outward and you see things happening and you're like, oh, it, it could obviously be this or it could be other things. And so, you know, you just find out for yourself over time and that's, that's what comes down to yeah, no doubt. Someone who grew up, I grew up born and raised Brooklyn Flappish Avenue for a long time. I identify with being black. You know, I went to an all-white school. And, you know, they saw my mom was black, and all of a sudden, they didn't want to touch me because they turned black. It was weird. Then you go to Flatbush Avenue, right? They, and black, let me tell you something. Black people, they don't have time to dice up their white people. They don't care if I'm mixed. I'm going to get bothered every day. <laughs> Running for my life. Incredible Hulk lunchbox until... You know, till people get to know you better. So, you know, getting called wigger, white nigger, zebra, Oreo cookie. Um, I think I speak for both of us again why I say we. we I understand. I understand that there's levels of understanding, you know, cause, because of our, our com of my complexion, which is the lightestest, <laughs> if you will. Um, but I, I get it. But it's, uh, I think what I was trying to say was even if I don't get it, it doesn't mean I can't get involved. It doesn't mean I can't listen to people who, do, who, who are, are trying to get people to understand. It doesn't mean, uh, uh, and even on your worst day, Rob, it doesn't mean we can't have empathy. You know? Very true. Yeah. Very true. For the people listening at home, Rob, Rob and I were really close to just calling this because, you know, we had uh, other subject matter. <laughs> Right, but it's like, and and now I know what he's talking about. I'm like, no, nah, man, this is this is sport, and this the this set like sport is always always provides a sense of normalcy, but mm -hmm. now, we're, this uh, you you can't. There's no there's no world away from this world, right? There is no escapism. This is this yeah. is it. This is this is this is in front of our face. We're gonna talk about and Lance Armstrong. We ain't doing that no more. <laughs> All right, we ain't doing that no more. Good idea, bad idea. Look, good, we had our episode, good idea, bad idea. I already told myself we weren't gonna do that because I I thought uh, uh, it would be a one subject uh, um, ep uh, episode that would dominate so much of it, and we're trying not to. We're not trying to go too long. We're just trying to give people just enough, you know. Um, For sure. And um, yeah, this week we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about Tyron Woodley, right? Woodley. Um, Maybe we should. He took that L. Did you see that? Did you see that? Not just took the L, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, he got spanked up a little, but I mean, he broken. He broken after that whole Usman fight. He broken. He been broken for a while, but yeah. You know, he has, gave him a. I think he has problems with people who um, um, are just good wrestlers. Like everybody that yeah. has a decent wrestling base. Think about all of his big losses, right? Uh, and I'll take you all the way back. Let's but go. But also to, game planners too. Yeah, let's. But you let's. Know, they got a game plan. Well, he's got a game plan, but I think he freezes up sometimes. Well, I'll give you an I example. Saying, uh, strike force. Too simple. Like strike force. Mm -hmm. He fought Nate Marquardt, mm -hmm. right? And Nate Marquardt stuffed a lot of his takedowns. Uh, Whether the storm and eventually slept Tyron Woodley, finished him, slept him, boom, dropped him, and never got back up. Uh, Roy McDonald. You know, Woodley eventually came to the UFC. Uh, Roy McDonald, great wrestler, great, uh, big in size for a welterweight. Uh, um, and I'm just going to name the fighters and I'm, I'm going to name what, what all of them had in common. Um, Kamara Usman, right? Right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, mm -hmm. now, and now recently Bur uh, Gilbert Burns. What do all four of them have in common? 
they all put Ty- Tyron Woodley in a, in a position where his back was against the cage, and he couldn't get sure. off. Now, he's done spend a lot of time counter-striking, don't get me wrong, so it's not the first time he's backing up, but he, he always seemed like he was in the corner and, di- and, and just couldn't get off. Did, didn't it seem similar to Kamaru Usman? Didn't this fight seem a little yeah. similar? Except he got tagged more? I mean, I'd say this is like, I agree with you that he's very, he's super hesitant, you know, and I think that his game plan is just too simplistic where he's just looking for a certain thing each time. And then once he does that, he can, and he's such a defensive fighter. So, like, what I mean is he's not very – he doesn't have, like, a game plan to go forward. He's always on the defense, and he's waiting for his opponent to come in. So, if his opponent doesn't game plan correctly and just shoots in or tries to take the, uh, you know, the time to be ultra-aggressive instead of smartly just pick him apart, you know, that, that, that changes everything. You know, and I think just Rory McDonald, another smart fighter. I think Nick Marquette, he's a really crafty oh, Mar- fighter. Yeah, Nick Marquette, think he yeah. Has, yeah. You know, I think he has to be, like, really smart about how he does everything, and he utilizes a lot, you know, head head kicks, get to the ground, you know. He was, like, a real MMA fighter before, you know, MMA kind of really came around to what it is now. You know what I mean? We're just totally all around, specialized in something, you know. And then, uh, you know, I just think Burns, you know, again, like, he's just, a, like you said, a great wrestler, but he was so smart to pick his offense, picked him apart, you know, just touched him outside, touched him outside, took him down, you know, beat him up, and then just let him get up, you know, next round, touch him, touch him, touch him, you know, it was just a great fight. And I think, you know, you know, MMA is getting to a point now where everybody is everything. You know, George St. Pierre was trying to say it like a couple of years ago, and I didn't really believe it, but now I really see it like now, like right now. Everybody's good. You know it's what I'm true. saying? It's not, nobody's like a slouch. It is the land of the complete fighter, dude. Yeah, and like out of, not out of nowhere, but I mean, <clears throat> nobody's really putting a title fight in his name before this fight. You know what I mean? No, no doubt. And he just, he's just, he's just, I mean, he kind of just embarrassed kind of Tyron Woodley a little bit. Yeah, like yeah. Tyron doesn't have strong jujitsu anyway. He's a good wrestler and he does have ability to take people down. But I think he's one of these Fire wrestlers. Back, yeah. I think he's one of these wrestlers that fell in love with his right hand. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Too simple. And, like right yeah. hand, defend. You know, maybe take down. You know, just be explosive. You know, and I just, I, it's too simple. You know, maybe when you are explosive, but he's lost a step a little bit. You know, he doesn't have this just explode. You know, uh, kamikaze punch that he usually does. Like he just, you know, did a little bit different fighter, and those fighters don't age well. No, they don't. You know, just like any other player, the more skilled you are in your in your craft the better you age. And he had a choice to make. I mean, neither choice is very appealing. You take more time off to prepare because you're, you're, you know, you're, you're slowing down a little bit or, or you know, jump in too soon and, and, and some of the injuries, because everyone's injured in training camp. Nobody goes into a fight 100%. It's just, you know, that's just a reality. But, and it was one of those things where I kind of felt bad for him because, he, you know, he had to battle Dana for years and, and defend himself on, on some performances many consider poor. Like Damian Maya, they thought that was a poor performance, but but Damian Maya has those against against counter strikers. Like if you remember Anderson Silva, Dana, I mean Dana didn't even want to put the belt around him. <laughs> when Silva oh, won, dude. he just left. We did not do a top a top five all time of uh, and um, of MMA, did we? Because nope, I watched Anderson Silva man, and I was like, he is my goat of all time for yeah. sure, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, we did. 
We, I think we did. We, did I think, we I think you're GSP. Time? Not well. You put G, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was a, a, of the of a certain division. No, maybe it wasn't because we said John Jones and yeah, yeah. My bad. I messed that up because Anderson Silva is the number one. That's my number one for sure. Well, that would have been a fight of all time. GSP and and Anderson Silva. Oh my goodness. Well, if you put um, Amanda Nunez in that, then <laughs> you know if, if it's both sexes, how about? That woman starched everybody. I mean, she got Felicia, Felicia Spencer this weekend. And Spencer. I just think it's like, is is Randy Couture in the top five of all time? Hmm. You know, because he was starching dudes in the beginning. You know, <laughs> he, is it possible to is it possible to be on the Mount Rushmore and not be in the top five? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a question, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He beat Liddell. He beat Belfort. He literally spanked Tito on his butt. I don't know if you saw, and I, man, maybe I'll put the video up later. Um, he had Tito in a position where Tito was going for like a, a knee bar, and he's standing up, and Tito's they're 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 wedged against the cage, and Tito's butt is there, and his ass is in like Couture's face. So so Couture does this and smacks him on the ass, <laughs> starts spanking him, and Tito's corner's yelling, he's tapping, he's tapping, and he's like, no, I'm not tapping. Yeah, nah, I, but if it's both sexes, I got to go with uh, Amanda Nunez, man. Nah, man, I'm sorry. That's not the greatest fighter Holmes, of all cyborg. time. Holly Holm, Cyborg, Jermaine Durandamine, Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate, uh, Sarah McMahon. My God. I mean, come on, man. You said Anderson, right? Are you still saying Anderson? <laughs> Anderson, Anderson Silva, yeah. bro. Dude, listen because it's also, because on top of that, it's also, you know, it's not to take this somewhere, but it's also his ability, like what he was able to do. Because I feel like it's not just who you beat, you know. It's like Mayweather. Like, I, I think he's great, but I think you also have to have the skill. You have to be able to do things, not just one side of things. Right. You know, that's why I like Ro Jones a little bit better than I like, you know, Floyd Mayweather, you know. But yeah, that's I've just always, how it is. You know, I think both sides of the game is better than one side mastered, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think of Tyson coming back? <laughs> bear fist yeah. I hope I hope bear fist before anything I mean that would just yeah, I think he'd just be a ridiculous champion <laughs> it means you get to hold the head when you bite the ears <laughs> oh man so all of the people that, that have met Mike Tyson Joe Rogan had him on the show Brendan Schaub you know talk to him mm-hmm. he is intimidating to be in the same room with He, you, you already know he's coming in He's not going to hurt you. He's not going to throw a punch at you. But at the same time, you're just like, there's this nervous energy. Just be, it's like there's this nervous energy of just being near him. <laughs> well, and, I think it might be, you know, the same way. And I think, you know, a lot of people don't really take the metaphysical world into, into consideration. But, you know, I think that he's possibly just as nervous as you are. And he probably is an individual who loves to keep control of the room. You know, and likes to be in control. And there are some people like that. And, you know, if that's the issue, you know, his nervousness can transfer to other people and just be like, I- I'm trying to be the big guy in the room, but I'm nervous. That means I got to make everybody else nervous. So I'm the big guy in the room still. So it's kind of like, you know, it could just be a thing that, you know, he does to create an environment around him and, and he knows how to do that and star power. You know, I think Mike Tyson's a very, interesting individual you know it's like he has the most raw but most like un 
he's like the hope almost, you know, it's just like something you can't control, you know, it's true. after, uh, after his trainer passed away, it kind of just seemed like everybody had a chance at him and, and his mind and his money. And, you know, yeah. so he seems much more mellow though. Yeah. I mean, he's a different guy now. I mean, yeah. just outside of the boxing game and, you know, getting his life straight and doing his thing and, you know, it's been great to see, but you know, there was a time, you know, where, you know, he was an intimidating person. And he's still a very intimidating person, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, no doubt. Yeah. Once again, for those listening, um, um, sports is a form of escapism, and where everyone's watching CNN and watching the news right now, and the news, and I, I'm sound like I'm trashing the media again, but they do a really good job of just promoting fear for the sake of ratings. And under the, under the faults, under the premise that the people have the right to know, you know, um, right now CNN is scaring the hell out of people. MSNBC is scaring the hell out of people. Fox News is scaring the hell out of the people, and and they're not. And in my opinion, and in many cases, they're not doing it as, for anything as noble as the people. Okay, uh, um, that everyone's watching. And someone's making a lot of money from this, and that pisses me off. So this gesture of us just talking, touching MMA is, is the epitome of what, of what, um, of what escape, escapism is supposed to be. You take a break from this. We're on, we're on curfew, okay? Uh, if you're at home right now, pull out the board games, board game night. If you, if you have a, a little tribe in your house, you've got a whole bunch of kids, you know, do that. If you're quarantining instead of quarantining, quarantining, um, Engage, engaging, engage. Spend some time engaging conversation. Uh, have engage in, in, in understanding what's going on in, 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 the, in the United States right now, in, in light of what happened in this 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 this. I call it a brutal murder. You know, damn near first degree murder. It's it's def. I mean, very very strong argument for second degree. I can't even argue. It. In fact, I will argue for that. Um, so, while you're talking about this and while you're emphasizing, take 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 a step back. Play a board game. Hug your children. Make love to your wife. Tell her you love her. Just like I love you guys. Just like I love Rob McLean. Love you back, brother. Yep. That wraps it up, right? We doing it. We could do it that way. Lance Armstrong's not worthy of my my attention. We're gonna deal with mm -hmm. that guy. We're gonna deal with that guy next week, okay? Next two, next episode, episode twenty will be um, pre-aired on um, live on Monday, and then um, will be out on iTunes and Spotify on Tuesday. Um, but for all of you at home, um, I wish you, um, I wish you happiness, and I wish you safety. I wish you. Um, we'll understand what's going on and I wish you for those that don't understand I just want you to empathize until you can and for those of you that are that are neck deep in it Just hang in there. Keep your head up because Truly truly and I never I never said this before and I'm gonna say it now truly we're all in this together You know because I, I always hated saying that because it wasn't always true. We're in this together. No, you're not you're on that hill They're over there. No, we're in this together Rob anything no, man, just uh, let's just be be conscious, y'all. You know, there's a reason why everything is happening, you know, so it's not just unheralded, you know, whether or not you agree with the looters or not. I mean, I, I think everybody disagrees with all that, but you can't disagree with the protests. And if you Come do, check out the you know, you don't need to, you know, read up more. You know, there's yeah. a long history, so read all history. Educate you know, yourselves. Not just the one in the books. Educate yourselves, people. 
Educate yourselves. Very, very important. Rob McLean. Keep it McLean McLean. I'm Jason DeBilius. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone, bro. See you later. I'm going to hit my music. We're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.